Welcome to Series 2 of the Conformance Cast, an educational series format podcast by A2LA Workplace Training, providing information on international standards, quality systems, conformity assessment, and metrology. Thank you for joining us as we chat with environmental laboratory consultant and assessor, Michelle Wade. So uh, I know you have a ton of experience with the TNI standard in particular, and I know you have some some well-informed opinions, I would say, about it. Um, so can you share with us a little bit what the TNI standard is, uh, how it impacts laboratories, what it, what function it serves in the environmental space, and kind of your experience with it? Absolutely, Evan. Um, so to understand kind of how this all came about, we need to go on a little bit of a history tour with TNI. And I, I'm going to give you kind of the basics and the Reader's Digest version of it because I don't have all of the dates and I don't have that memorized. And most that's of okay. It, it's, it's, believe me, that's going to be perfect. So don't worry. <laughs> most of it is, you know, was before my time. So. I will say TNI, just so everybody knows, it stands for the NELAC Institute, and it's a nonprofit organization that was formed in 2006. And their goal directly from their website is to foster the generation of environmental data of known and documented quality through an open, inclusive, and transparent process that is responsive to the needs of the community. That's really pretty, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Their, uh, Their history is not so pretty. So... Long before 2006, I'd say probably in the early 90s, the states, all 50 of them, well, probably most 50 of them, and EPA started to get together to discuss this lab accreditation issue. So all of it really stemmed from the environmental catastrophes that happened in the 70s and the early 80s. So things like Love Canal, um, you know, again, all of this is way before my time, but The pollution was out of control. We had all these super fun sites that were developing and we were gathering all of this environmental data as the feds required the states um, and then individual locations to test for all these contaminants that were becoming a huge concern in our water supply system. And so the states and EPA got together to talk about this laboratory accreditation process and how they wanted to go about trying to unify things. So the Drinking Water Office and the Wastewater Office, which are two separate entities uh, within EPA, uh, Drinking Water has their certification program, and it's been around for a long time. They have very stringent requirements, a horrendous testing process to become an assessor. Um, But it was all in place. On the wastewater side, there really wasn't as much in place. There were requirements that states had to meet, and therefore the individual municipalities had to meet, but there weren't necessarily any direction involved in accrediting those laboratories or making sure there was consistency with the data. So they got together in the early 90s and they started talking about the best way to make this happen. Um, There was, from what I understand, some pretty uh, large and loud, uh, usually not with fists, but sometimes discussions about how this all should happen and making sure that the states and the feds um, were really in line and in agreement with everything. They uh, created their first draft of what is now the standard that we know and love. I use that word. (laughs) I heard your little hesitation there. (laughs) Love. Some of us love it more than others, but uh, that was created in 1994. 
was that first draft. And that first draft was never adopted, um, but it was it was a starting place and the states were kind of getting involved. Uh, some of them just like bailed and didn't want to be involved anymore. They thought this was, you know, too much for them to tackle or they had too many other things going on. Uh, but they continued the ones that were left in the EPA and then other uh, stakeholders, people that, you know, maybe large laboratories or people that were just actively involved or you know genuinely concerned about the environment and the data coming out on particularly from water and wastewater labs or those super fun sites uh, worked together again to create uh, what was then known as the 1999 uh, NELAC standard. And so that one was never actually, it was adopted by the states, but it was never meant to be a consensus standard. It was really the laboratory or the, it was really the states and EPA working together to create what they felt was a good standard and a set of rules to accredit laboratories by. And um, there was a lot of pushback on the, especially the 99 standard because the labs weren't involved and the consultants weren't involved. So it really wasn't a consensus standard at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so they went back to the drawing board and in there, there was other organizations that formed and fell apart. Um, but the 2003 NELAC standard was the first standard to be adopted um, on the national level by the states that were involved in that, uh, recognized by EPA. Um, but it was more of a consensus standard. So the laboratories and the consultants and all those other stakeholders really got input into that standard. And it was adopted and it was in place forever. Um, in fact, up until, well, I think there are a few states that still utilize the 2003 NELAC standard. It was um they used the ISO standard as a basis for that because it was a good quality systems basis. And then they added a whole lot of additional requirements to that standard to really work for the environmental industry and try to meet those um, regulatory and requirements like through the drinking water cert manual and what the wastewater folks wanted. Uh, so the um, I apologize here. The uh, TNI was formed in 2016. EPA said that you guys need to be self-sufficient. So 2006, they formed TNI. Uh, The states were still actively involved. They're still involved. They have what they call the Accreditation Council, and they vote on everything. So while we have this consensus process in place for TNI, and we have committees that involve, you know, they have to have an equal balance of stakeholders from ABs, accreditation bodies, and laboratories, and others, so consultants, Uh, assessors, uh, random other people that are just actively involved. A lot of them are retired. They're just very passionate about things. And uh, people who know what they're talking about. They do. Most of them, or at least they (laughs) pretend they know. Right. Uh, Hopefully. but, (laughs) But a lot of them have been involved for a very long time. And we're very grateful to have those retirees still involved because they know the history way more than I do as far as how we got to where we are and why we're here. So that consensus standard is in place and the accreditation council has to approve it. So it's it's kind of a unique process within TNI. The committees with stakeholder input create the standard. It goes out for voting, just like the ISO standard does. Uh, the stakeholder community that can then vote on the standard and give feedback. They address that feedback, but ultimately the accreditation council, which is uh, composed of 14 states and four ISO accreditation bodies actually at this point, um, have to vote and approve that standard for use within their their states. 
It's a, it's a nasty little process. I'm not going to lie. It's very time consuming. And it feels like as soon as we get one standard completed, we start revising it again. So we currently have the 2016 TNI standard in place. It was uh, created in 2016. We had to do some minor revisions. So there's actually like revision 2.1 is what's adopted by the states that utilize that standard. It's um, based off of ISO 170257 or the earlier version, the 2005 version. And so as soon as we got that approved and sent out, we actually started working on the standard again to utilize the new ISO language. And uh, so we're we're working on it as we speak still. Yeah, as I understand, that's just how it is with uh, with ISO as well. It's just a constant sort of uphill battle, the Sisyphean process of revising, issuing, revising, issuing consistently. So I'm sure that that is kind of the worst in a lot of ways, but on the other hand, it is a thorough process and it, you do have to make sure that you're taking in new information into consideration all the time. Um, so not all states currently use TNI, correct? That is correct. So currently there are 14 states that are approved TNI accreditation bodies. There are, um, of course, there are 50 states. I would say probably 90% of them utilize the TNI standard in some form or fashion. It really comes down to whether or not they want to take on the extra burden that is required for a TNI accreditation body because they essentially have to meet the ISO 17011 requirements. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of work. Um, there's some financials involved with that with being a member of the TNI accreditation council and having that administrative support that they get from TNI. So it's it's widely utilized and a majority of the states will reciprocate accreditation. That's really kind of the fun part of TNI is that reciprocal process. And so within the ISO world with 17025 or all of the other ISO standards, you have your ISO accreditation body. Maybe it's A2LA, maybe it's ANAB, maybe it's Perry Johnson or IAS, you know, there's there's a lot of them out there, especially in the United States. Gosh. And um, but once you have that AB, you are ISO accredited and you get your little logo and you stick it on your your certificate and your reports and life is grand. But that's not how it works with the states in the environmental industry. So every state has its own requirements and their own set of regulations and rules that laboratories and environmental data have to follow. And so that national standard uh, sets those states, those TNI states in particular, up that now, say, Florida isn't having to have a lab in Florida, doesn't have to have 49 additional assessments done by all of the other states that they want to do work in. They really have that TNI assessment by the state of Florida and then, say, Texas and Kansas and New York and Minnesota all know that that laboratory is meeting those general requirements all 138 pages of general requirements. <laughs> and so they have that reciprocal accreditation and it really cuts down, especially for those commercial laboratories, on having to have multiple assessments. Join us in two weeks to hear more from Michelle 
In the meantime, visit a2lawpt.org for blog posts, pre-recorded webinars, and our entire catalog of courses and consulting services. You can also find us on social media by searching A2LA Workplace Training.